Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. All right, I'm Chris Avena with American Outdoor News, and today's guest is a former Olympian, uh, finalist on Top Shot, uh, an author, a speaker, a competitive shooter. Please welcome Gabby Franco. Gabby, thank you for coming on. Hi, Chris. Thank you for having me. Yeah, there's a lot of things going on in the industry right now, and especially me being here in New York. Uh, we just... Um, came off of a, a, a Supreme Court decision uh, about concealed carry. Right. And, uh, Governor Hochul does not seem very happy about it. And she is uh, coming out with a whole barrage of legislation that she's trying to force through. Right. Uh, a lot of it unconstitutional. Um, I, I know you've been following it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, some of the things that she's really trying to force on us is, um, for starters, uh, to buy ammunition, you're going to have to go through a background check. I think one of the first things that we need to start is how, why we get to this point. The, the legislators in New York, they are used to not being challenged. They have been running New York in one way, the Democrat, you know, Democratic Party. They don't have a really strong challenge. So they have become like this narcissistic uh, leaders mm -hmm. who don't like to be challenged, don't like to be questioned about their decisions. So here comes the Supreme Court with the decision of the, about the Second Amendment. And this was a blow to them. It's almost like they shattered their ego. Finally, they have a strong and strong challenge and they are not 
going to budge. So what do they do? Not only they don't recognize that the previous law was unconstitutional, they double down into it. They're saying, no, we're making it even worse. We're actually going to make it even what we want to do. So, okay. I mean, it is insane what they're doing, not only as a leaders who are supposed there to be there for the people and to protect and defend the constitution, they're blatantly saying, I don't give two cents about the constitution of the United States. And if for any New Yorkers who's listening, this is not a matter of being Republican or Democrat. This is a matter of what kind of leaders do you want who literally is ready to piss to stomp on your rights because they don't like it or because it challenged their ego. So these are very, they have become very narcissistic uh, individuals in the leadership in New York who don't even recognize the people's rights. It's just, um, to me, that's even, it's the biggest issue. It's unbelievable. And I really hope the New Yorkers can see through the, the words of what these people are re actually doing. Well, you know, I, I want to take a, a quick step back here. Uh, for my listeners that are not aware, you're originally from Venezuela. Yes. <laughs> and Venezuela, as we know, is, is in a real state of disarray. And, um, you know, their, their socialist government is really falling apart. How do you see what the Democrats are doing here, uh, especially in New York, uh, that are basically mirroring what went on there? Well, I, like I said, I, I was born in Venezuela and I saw the Venezuela before Hugo Chavez. I lived mm -hmm. a good 17 years of the Venezuela Hugo Chavez and then I lived years after Hugo Chavez and the, and the drastic change was tremendous. One of the biggest issues is that to me, part of the problem is the population, that they need to open their eyes and realize that there's no such a thing as like little, this little short term uh, goal that is going to solve, quote unquote, my problems. But it comes with long term, serious long term consequences. Like in this case, these leaders are on, I mean, literally giving a slap on New Yorkers, slapping the face to New Yorkers saying, you know what, I don't give two cents about the constitution or your rights. This is what I want to do and this is what I'm going to do. And I, I think it, it's just like in Venezuela, leaders who want power, they don't really have the people or the general population's best interest. It's mm -hmm. about how they can rule, how they can people submissive and how their word is above everyone else's words or lives or safety or security. And that's definitely, I mean, I was looking at, I, I've been looking at data from New York and for, for all those women who are looking, who are watching right now, the rape rates in New York are staggering mm -hmm. compared, compared to the rest of the country. So she, the uh, Governor Huckle, Huckle? She talks about she talks about the safety and all that stuff. What about those women's safety? Mm -hmm. What about women's right to protect themselves? It, it, it's just out of the center, they don't matter. If they had the right to conceal carry, people would give a second thought about committing a crime, let alone 
uh, a physical crime against a woman. Now, as I said, we um, had won um, a, a, an amazing um, Supreme Court decision about right. concealed carry, and Governor Hochul came out, and here's a list of things that, yeah, you can conceal carry, but you can't carry in the airport, you can't carry in a bar or restaurant that serves alcohol, can't carry in a courthouse, daycare facility, educational facility, emergency shelters, entertainment venues, federal, state, or local government buildings, health and medical facilities, houses of worship, libraries, polling sites, public demonstration rallies, public transportation, or Times Square. Uh, is there anything that she left out? Maybe you know, on your front lawn. Is it okay to carry on your front right. lawn? And, and, and to be fair, there are many of those in the list that are the same across the country. For instance, you know, like federal off, uh, buildings sure. and stuff like that, schools. Unfortunately, I have to say, because, you know, we have seen how having a, a concealed carry holder can, can stop. A, 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 a an active shooter but why bothers me well one of the many things that bothers me when she says that now in regular public um private property is she now ruling what people and private property can do can we can the can the government now say no now people won't have that can express themselves because that may offend somebody unless you put in the door that people can express themselves. So one right is going to trample in another one is going to trample in another one. The other factor is you're having concealed carry license holders who would go through very strenuous and hard and difficult challenges to get that license. They're going to be a lot of courses, training. I mean, I can imagine everything that she's going to throw at you guys in New York. And despite that, that you will be probably concealed carry holders and New Yorkers uh, will be probably more prepared than possibly or similar to police officers. And even with that, she say in your face, I don't trust you. You are not good enough. I mean, the level of narcissism of these people to level you as a New Yorker to the lowest level, it's, uh, I mean, unthinkable to well, me. They're, they're trying to expand the uh, eligibility requirements and what you have to do to jump through right. hoops to get the license. Um, they're going to check with your spouse, your ex-spouse, your employer. They want the logins to your social media. No, that's insane. Not only that, but that would not prevent criminals to go and have firearms on the street. So you are preventing the people who would be better prepared. And like we just saw in the news today that a concealed carry holder uh, stopped at a mall, a an active shooter. In Indiana, correct. Right, right. That just happened. And then you are stopping, preventing people who are going to be well prepared to defend themselves and possibly defend others just because in, in their ego, the Supreme Court challenged them. It's This is not about saving lives. This is not about people's safety. This mm -hmm. is about they are challenged and they don't like it. And like I say, I hope you, you guys, well, you, you know it well, but I hope many New Yorkers can see through this because this is crazy. Well, the part of what they're trying to do 
they're going to try and build a database of license holders and people who have purchased ammunition. It's it's basically backdoor registration. Uh, oh yeah. And you know, same thing with California, where they're requiring gun owners to have an insurance. That's backdoor registration. They know exactly who has what, and they're going to knock on your door one day and say, hand it over. And it will. It will. I mean, why, like I'm saying, these short-term, quote-unquote, goals for the government that they call about uh, gun violence, because we can go into that theme too, <laughs> and we can, we can extend for another hour, but um, they has not... Oh, no, nothing else that make it more difficult for citizens to get a, a firearm, to get a concealed carry license. And that's going to move on and move on until the point that the young people would not be able to afford it, who won't be able to get it. And at the end of the day, nobody, nobody, nobody will be able to have firearms. That's the, the ultimate goal. I mean, people think sometimes that this is a uh, gun confiscation and gun uh, you know, these bans are like, it's going to be like, a, today, this is going to happen. No, it happens through the years. As more government, uh, different government is going to come, they're more strict, they're going to be more and more in tuned to disarm the population. Yep. And, you know, and, and, and going for the, the crime, because that's their, that's their argument. The same thing in Venezuela, they said, no, we need to take guns uh, from people because that is what's causing crime. And I was thinking, well, they have spent they have spent for the last two years making it more difficult for police officers to work, mm -hmm. making police officers as the evil and the criminals as the victims. They have made it more, you know, there's not really, uh, uh, I wouldn't say punishment, but it's easy to be a criminal and just being released. Yeah. And so this is a problem that they have created. They know it. And they are punishing, now they are punishing the low abiding citizens. And I think that must be over and over and say it out loud. Because what they're doing is punishing people like you, people like me, who have no criminal record, who are fine, who are responsible. But they are saying, I don't trust you. You are not good enough. Mm -hmm. That's what the governor is saying. Because she knows. And everybody knows that criminals are not going to go through a background check. They're not going to buy a gun, to buy ammunition. Nonetheless, they're going to go through a concealed carry license process to carry guns on the street. Well, the, the um, background checks that they're doing now, are they're on a federal level. She wants to bring it down to back to the state level. Uh, for the application and, and whatnot, which is really going to slow things down, which is a goal. And okay. when asked um, what data she has to back up the decisions that she made, she basically came out and said, I don't need data. I'm, I'm acting in what I believe is uh, our own best interest. And that's, that's socialism. That's a dictatorship saying, no, this is the way it's going to be. Um, so, you know, it's only going to get worse from here. Like you said, they chip away a little bit at a time until you wake up one day and say, how did that happen? Well, you gave up a little bit and then a little more and then a little more. Before you know it, you didn't have it at all. 
Oh yeah, that, uh, that that's for sure. But and again, I think New Yorkers need to see things for what they are. And this is not just about well, we, we can call it socialism, we can call it whatever name you want to call it. I think this is a literally a, a slap on, on New York's New Yorkers face and telling them you're right by the, the your value and your rights are worth nothing. Your lives and your in your in, in your right to defend yourself is on my hands and I decide what I want to do. That's what she's doing. That's what governor of New York state is doing. And you know, uh, we, you know, for for the longest time I hear these words about democracy because it's a whole battle, you know, this is a tyranny, this is a democracy and all that stuff. And and at the end of the day, that you can call democracy whatever you want to call it because Hugo Chavez used to say Venezuela was a democracy. Okay? Yep. Hugo Chavez used to say we have a democracy here. So what how you how you New Yorkers know if you really have a true democracy through your leadership is how many rights do you have? How how much how many freedoms can you exercise? You have to look back, you know, internalize those questions and say, wow, you know what? This is not, these leaders, they, all these leaders, they have absolutely not our rights and our best interest in their minds. That's true. Well, one thing that I, I do necessarily uh, I agree with uh, on her list of things, uh, maybe not to the extent that they're pushing, but uh, firearm training. Right. Uh, if you're going to buy a firearm, you're a first-time gun buyer. You should know how to use it. You should know how, you know, firearm safety, um, you know, and actually be on the range trying it out and, and you know, really getting an idea of what you're getting yourself into. Right. That's that's something that's generally required and for concealed carry license, not necessarily for other matters in, 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 in like a purchase of a firearm. But if that is the case, that they want to do that in New York, I mean, by all means, go well, ahead. The problem, does. now I have to say, the problem with, with those issues are, who is going to decide mm -hmm. what point you are good? Who is going to decide how many hours of training you need to require to buy a firearm? Are yeah. they going to say, now you have to have a four-day training who can take four days out of work to go and do the training to get a, a, a firearm so yep. you know there is there's a very thin line that is made some ideas may sound plausible but until you have those rules very well specified if that's the case if you because that will be your decision as citizens yep. if you can vote on that um and you vote on that great but make sure that you have a good specific ruling on that end. Otherwise, it becomes a bureaucracy. Oh no, you have to have X amount of hours. You have to have X amount of days. You have to have X amount of trainings. Yep. Now your little training turns into thousands of dollars, very several hours of training, and then you're going to say, okay, how I can afford a gun. So the government always find a way to chip in and make it, especially with the firearms industry, like same thing in Venezuela, to make it more difficult, 
more difficult, more, more, you know, steps, steps and steps until the point where people say, you know what, I simply cannot do it. I cannot afford it. So I just warn you on that. It's, 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 it's a great oh, area. Yeah. I, I agree with you a hundred percent. And, you know, I'm not saying, uh, you know, a, a 50 hour course, uh, the basics, firearm safety. Have you ever fired a gun? Have you ever held a gun? You know, get somebody a feel, not so they're going to be training to be a competition shooter like yourself, but, yes. <laughs> but the basics. And I, and I agree with you. And in, in that sense, I'm just saying that, you know, as a citizen, you have to watch what the government said because the safety in their eyes could be 10 hours and the safety on your eyes could be four hours. Who knows? So that's, that's, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you because you brought up a lot of valid points that they left very vague. Oh, yeah. They will always do that. They will, you know, they keep, they make these rulings on their favor that you can add more, not less. And the yep. more they can add, it benefits them and prevents people to exercise their rights. Now, I know President Obama was attempting to do this, too, because he wasn't having any luck going after our guns. So he was going to go after uh, our ammunition purchases. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's exactly what Governor Hochul is going to do. She wants people to go through a background check every time you buy a back box of ammo. Now, that regulates how much you have, how much you're buying, your usage. Are you storing? Are you shooting? Uh, it, it brings up a whole litany of questions behind that. Right. And it, it kind of defeats. The purpose of being a gun a responsible gun owner so you can go out and train and you know you have the freedom to go to the range and practice as much as you can without doing i mean how would they look at it oh my god this person had 10 background checks or five background checks in a month just because he bought a, a, a one box of of ammunition every time they go to the gun range or mm -hmm. what about if they want to buy some more they're going to go out of the, uh, get out of the gun range, go to the shop and do another background check to buy more ammunition. I mean, what is that really going to solve? It's not going to solve absolutely nothing. It's not going to reduce crime itself. And, and most people own multiple types of guns, different right. calibers. You're buying handgun ammunition today. You're buying rifle ammunition tomorrow and who knows what rifle ammunition? Uh, you're going coyote hunting. You're going deer hunting. You're going bear hunting. Different different calibers for every uh, every hunt you're going on. So people own multiple uh, firearms too. Right. It, it is just it is just again this is again trying to get on law-abiding citizens. This is not none of those laws. None of these laws are really going to stop criminals. Uh, going out and having ammunition or going out buying ammunition in another state and bringing it back inside, you mm -hmm. know, to New, to New York or going on New York on the streets of New York get, uh, with a concealed gun without a concealed carry license. None of these laws are going to prevent crime or criminals to do, you know, commit their evil acts, but it will definitely affect more and more citizens. Well, let's look at um, let's look at the school shooting in the Um Yeah, it, 
there, there is no law on the books or any law that they're going to put into effect that would have prevented that. No. Uh, th this kid obviously had some serious psychological issues. Um, there's, there's no gun laws that are going to prevent that. No, no, not only that. The laws already existed. They're supposed to prevent everything that happened. Okay, mm -hmm. it is illegal to go with a fireman at school. Uh, it is illegal to kill individuals. I mean, all the laws that he broke. Most people, what I think, what most people don't realize is laws in itself are just to discourage people to do things. They are not necessarily on the spot preventing anybody to do evil. Okay, they are more like a prescription. You do A, this is what you're going to be punished with. Mm. Basically, that's what it is. So laws discourage, discourage people to do bad things. But at the end of the day, it is like, like, like happening in Uvalde. It was the people who were, who were there in the moment, in the place. I wish had the means to defend themselves because we even saw it with the police department and you know, there are humans too. You can call it whatever you want to call it. Could have been mistake, human error, human fear, whatever you want to call it. But at the end of the day, it are those who are in the position of victims who need to have the means to protect themselves. And, and we go back in circle into the same, into the same, you know, topic, yep. self-defense, self-defense and having the right tool for that mean. Well, I, I, I feel that um, our, our society, the way it is, uh, our current culture, social media, uh, they're all contributing factors to this. Has nothing to do with the gun, has to do with the individual itself. You know, I also like to say something that, especially I was talking, you know, 4th of July, the shooting that happened on 4th of July, and I, my father-in-law came to me, and, and obviously that's all over the news, and this person, this teenage person did this and all that stuff, and he came, he came to me, he was like, oh my God, this is so horrible and all that stuff, and I, and I had to pause, because I like to look at things in different perspectives, and I said, listen, Yes, we see it in the news all the time. And they are really shooting and throwing in our, you know, in our throats all the evil, the evil acts of this individual on the 4th of July. However, how many 4th of July parties, events, uh, organizations, you know, all, all, over, of the, thousands. all <laughs> over the country? Yep. all over the country and but we cannot celebrate that the vast the vast majority probably 99.9 percent .9 of those went without any real serious incident yep compared to that one and so yes there are many things that are factors that are they're creating this but i also think the news Shopping the same thing, the same event over and over again makes us feel as if it is all the time. The day before, because I went with my family, no, it was like two days before on Saturday, we went to an event in Texas. There were thousands of people. We had such a great time. Everybody left, no big deal. Yep. And I can tell I can tell you, many people probably were concealed and carrying a gun in Texas, including myself. So 
you know, it, it comes down, it, it all comes down to what we're being fed through the media, what we'll be fed through the news and make us feel that this event, you know, this is, happens all the time and everywhere. They're selling fear, same as they did with COVID. They sold fear. Yes. If somebody is dead set on hurting <clears throat> mass amounts of people, they're going to find a way. You got the right. uh, Boston Marathon bomber. Didn't use a gun. He made a bomb. Right. You got the guy up in Wisconsin during the Christmas parade that used his car, used his truck. He ran over multiple people. If you if you are dead set on hurting somebody, you're gonna find a way. It's oh, not yeah. necessarily they can you. It's not necessarily that they're gonna use a gun. They're gonna find a way to do it. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I was looking at the stats in, in New York and actually one of the, you know, most dangerous cities in New York. And it's not even murder, the, the biggest issue, but violent crime. You know, yeah. rape, assault, uh, it is just ridiculous. Everything's so, on the rise. Right. Right. But, you know, they released 1,500 criminals in 2020. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's part of their, it's part of the problem they created and now they're punishing law-abiding citizens. Yeah. Well, we were both in the NRA convention in Houston this uh, past Memorial Day. Uh, did you see all the uh, protesters outside the first day? Oh, yeah, I did. In fact, I was outside with, I don't know if you know, the, the DC Project. Sure, know them well. All. Yes, I, I was there with them outside, and we have our signs too. You know, we did a a, a brief, uh, I wouldn't say protest, but making our presence and our voice heard. That no, you know, we're also mothers. I'm, I'm a mother. Um, I'm a sister. I have nephews. I have nieces. But you know, as a mother, as a wife, I am also my first line of defense. And so we, at the NRA, we make that clear that we also understand that we want to be safe. We want we want safety, but ultimately, ultimately, I am the only one who can save myself in this moment. You, if something happens in my house right now and you are with me in the camera, that's it. I am alone. I am the only one who can protect myself. And I will. The only thing I could do is call the police, but I don't know your address to send them to. Right. <laughs> that's it all right well i appreciate you taking the time to speak to us today and uh, and sharing your experience and uh your knowledge on the topic and uh where what do you have coming up where can we follow you well uh oh my gosh you can follow me on instagram it's gabby franco ts Four, which is goes for Top Shot Four, or <laughs> Facebook or Twitter, um, pretty much most social media except for TikTok. That's not good for personal safe, you know, uh, information. Um, and you know, my website gabbyfranco.com. So yeah. Okay, I appreciate you taking the time. I look forward to seeing you at the upcoming shows, and good luck this season. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right.